Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. High inflation, war in Ukraine, supply chain issues, you name it, so much negativity is being reported in the media. And the next thing on everyone's lips is the big fat R. Recession, of course. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Whether or not a recession eventuates, what does all the negativity mean for investments in general and the share market in particular? Well, we turn to Elio D'Amato, founder of Spotty Consulting, who brings us all back down to earth. Things, he says, aren't all that bad. In fact, we're off to a surprisingly good start compared to a disappointing 2021-22. He tells Chris Ashmore in the first quarter of this financial year, the all-ordinaries fell just 1%. Which is actually not that bad relative to the 10% fall that we had last year. And when you think that one out of every four years generates a negative return on the average broader market, it's not completely unexpected to see the performance we had last year and a little bit of that washing through this year. Now, reasons why we've had the pullback, well, you can take a number there. There's uh, global political issues, of course, supply chain blockages, labour shortages. To now we see rising interest rates, inflation, weak currency domestically and the events in London, of course, and its potential impact on global markets, all of it contributing to reasons why it's easier to step aside and avoid the melee, especially as every pundit is suggesting that we're heading face first into a global recession, which of course means that the market will continue to experience some negative sentiment until it actually occurs, and then every analyst can focus on the recovery. Well, you mentioned currency there, and uh, business owners will know the impact of currency moves on their businesses, but how does it affect stocks on the ASX? Look, in pretty much the same way, generally, if your business is an exporter where you sell overseas, but the majority of your product is developed, derived or manufactured here in Australia, a weak currency is a good thing. Whereas if you sell locally, but have your product or service made overseas, then it's a bad thing. So companies on the exchange who report in US currency or do most of their business overseas will do well when they convert their profits into Australian dollars and vice versa. It's also a big issue for many when you think that the US dollar has not been this strong against the AUD since the COVID correction and prior to that, the last great US recession, which we all know as the GFC. Even the British pound is flirting with parity, with a dollar at levels not seen since 1985, which was a period of great economic and social upheaval in the UK under the leadership of Margaret Thatcher. And even the basket of tradable currencies that the US is measured against hasn't seen these levels since periods of previous wars and massive recessions themselves. So beyond the company-specific impacts, currency is not only a driver of profits, but it's also a pretty good indicator of when things are uncertain in equity markets. And to be frank at the moment, given these high levels, it's flashing red. Well, if we bring it back to the market, you also discussed how interest rate rises are a concern for many in the market. What are the other potential impacts on companies? Well, first thing I'll say is that history shows us that the anticipation of higher rates actually tends to have more of a negative impact on share market sentiment than the actual level itself. So given the fact that we've seen what we have um, and that concerns of a rising rate, then that's why the market's experiencing the negative sentiment that it is now. There's four major impacts. 
The first two are self-explanatory. The first is that companies have got to pay more debt, obviously, um, if interest rates go up. And the other is a diminishing wealth effect, whereas when you pay more in interest, you feel less wealthy and therefore you spend less. Now, whether you're a company or an individual, if you feel less wealthy, that will have a flow-on, dribble-down impact on the uh, companies that you do business with because you'll be spending less money. But one of the other major impacts is the investment risk-reward trade-off. Now, this is an interesting one. So for many investors in the last few years have been willing to embrace higher risks that the market poses, and that's to go get attractive dividend yields. And in the case of uh, many companies that don't even pay any dividends, well, it was an okay risk to take because it's not like you're going to make any money having your cash in the bank anyway. But that relationship between risk and reward changes once you have rising rates because all of a sudden as interest rates go up, cash-style investments, which carry much less risk, start to look comparatively more attractive than investment whose mood changes with the moon cycle. So this impact is no better exemplified than in real estate investment trusts who for some time were considered what we call bond proxies. But as rates have started to cycle up, many have seen their prices retreat despite strong increases in both revaluations and distributions. That takes us to valuations. Aren't they cheap after a sell-off? And what do interest rates have to do with that? Yeah, so the fourth key factor being that with interest rates going up, our valuations of our businesses go down. So Yes, what you said is correct, that prices are definitely cheaper than what they were at the start of this calendar year in January, but it's not the price alone which dictates value. When it comes to valuing a business, we try to predict all its future cash flows, and we discount the value of all those cash flows to the current day price. Now, I won't bore you to snores with the mathematics, but in simple terms, higher interest rates increase the rate at which future cash flows are discounted, making each dollar of future earnings worth less today when interest rates are expected to go higher. Hence, the valuation of a stock goes down in a rising interest rate environment. So if rates keep rising, then what you're going to see is that the valuation will eventually revert back down to where the price is currently at today. So whilst, yes, it may very well be cheap, if interest rates keep rising up, it's actually going to take it closer to the valuation than we suspect. But not everyone is suffering. No, if you look at lithium stocks, they've had years to remember. I mean, prone to boom and bust cycles as they have been, last one back in 2011, but this one's definitely stronger for longer as uh, definitely anything that's deemed a critical metal where the market has interpreted it as a metal or chemical compound with the majority of supply comes from nefarious sources. So lithium, rare earths, all those sorts of things are definitely hot commodities. At the moment, many of these stocks haven't even discovered a bankable resource, let alone have a producing mine. And many of these companies are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, if you can believe. So now that we're electrifying the world, of course, everyone definitely is willing to take a bet on battery metals. But we are definitely at peak demand in terms of uh, preemptive demand. But here's the ironic twist. Um, Cold stocks have actually been doing better as tensions have risen in Europe and the world looks for a quick replaceable baseload energy source, which of course coal is. And here's the funny thing. Many of our coal stocks are still actually quite cheap from a value perspective, even though they are trading at all-time highs. But obviously there's a green discount applied to their long-term opportunity, but that won't stop strong returns and strong dividends for the moment. And investors who were able to grasp onto that concept 12 months ago uh, had exceptionally 
strong years in 2022. Well, before you go, if we can finish up with your stocks to watch. Yeah, well, let's keep it with the themes of today. If you think the US dollar will remain stronger for longer, then you're going to be looking for mining stocks. Uh, But don't look at gold stocks, though, because the price of gold moves inversely to the US dollar. But um, other sectors to look at beyond mining include healthcare, where a lot of these companies have very big markets in the US. Uh, Stocks like CSL, ResMed, and uh, digital imaging firm ProMedicus, uh, they're right up there for me. Also profitable IT businesses like Altium, where they generate US dollar profits. They're another company to look at. On the theme of rising rates, well, look at the banks to benefit from the gap between the money they lend out, you know, your home loan rate, as it were, and the money that they pay you out at, which is your deposit, otherwise known as the net interest margin. Now, as interest rates go up, that net interest margin also expands. So our preferred to include the National Australia Bank and the Macquarie Group, who now has quite a strong banking division, plus also their trading division, which had a good time during all this volatility, and I think they represent good value. In regards to lithium, well, you can't go past uh, Pilbara Minerals and uh, Mineral Resources, But then there's also emerging players like Canada Focus, Sayona, and a raft of others um, who are riding the coattails of that strong boom. And then when it comes to coal producers in this country, well, Whitehaven and New Hope are definitely the premier producers. But uh, then there's also Stanmore, which has been one of our focus for our clients, which has actually had a pretty good year as well and has been able to absorb the increase in Queensland coal tariffs quite seamlessly and is now back to record highs. That was Elio D'Amato founder of Spotty Consulting. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more BE Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily podcast. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S.com.au.